0: If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning, and then someone hands you a baby. I like you just the way you are. You're braver than you believe, and stronger than you seem, and
1: smarter than you think.
0: Parenting is a sacrifice. It's exhausting. It's expensive. At times it feels thankless. But, eventually you die. Welcome to the Kid Doc Good Job Being the Mom podcast. The podcast dedicated to helping mothers and fathers through supporting, enabling, and empowering them in their amazing role as parents. Well, I'm excited for today. This is awesome. Um, for our intro today, we thought it'd be fun to review the intro sound bites that make up the start of each episode. So the first is Jim Gaffigan. What? is it like adding new children to a family? Imagine that you were drowning and then someone hands you a baby.
1: (laughs) That's one of my favorite. So, yeah. So Jim and Jeannie Gaffigan are the parents of five children and have really wonderful comedic insight into parenting, as well as sharing overall wonderful, clean comedy, which I appreciate. And while Jim is kind of the face of the comedy, we understand that Jeannie is a large contributor to their writing. And one of our favorite books of theirs is Food, A Love Story, but you have to listen to it as an audiobook because he is the narrator. So it is like having several hours of him doing a comedy routine.
0: Yeah. It's a great road trip reprieve from music and more serious audiobooks. <laughs> yes. Very,
1: very light, fair, and very fun. Yeah. yeah. And funny.
0: Next is Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Fame sharing, I like you just the way you are.
1: Yeah, Fred Rogers is a pioneer in educational and behavioral development in children, as well as a pioneer in race relations. Just really, just super forward thinking, just an amazing pioneer in so many ways to just look at how we treat each other. And so, and he is famous for this saying. You had just a wonderful way of trying to help each individual have love for themselves and resilient self esteem. So, did you remember Mr. Rogers at all? Mr. Rogers' neighborhood? Yeah, I
0: watched it. I watched his program a little bit as a kid. Obviously, they're all reruns. And then I also listened to his biography as an audiobook two summers ago. So, I Mm -hmm. love Mr. Rogers. I think he's (laughs) amazing.
1: I think the more you learn about him as an individual, the more you're amazed at how much depth that goes into his puppets and what he produced was just so forward thinking and so so amazing.
0: Yeah, super approachable for kids and how like you said, helping them develop their emotional intelligence and becoming more aware of, of their own feelings. So
1: yeah. And he dealt with very controversial themes. I mean he was very, you know, yeah. avant-garde with things he dealt with in and divorce and things that people wouldn't talk about back then. Right. But he was very open about the impact on children. And he just really worked so hard to help kids try and have that resilient and, and grit and self esteem yeah. that came from. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, and have the tools to handle real world yes. things that they're currently experiencing.
1: Yeah. I thought they were just fun puppets when I was a kid. Right. So. <laughs> it
0: was sneaky. It was sneaky teaching. That's right. <laughs> sneaky,
1: sneaky teaching. <laughs>
0: Our third quote is Christopher Robin in Winnie the Pooh, something that we hope each child and adult would take to heart. You are braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and smarter than you think.
1: Yeah, I have loved this quote my entire life. And to me, it means that there is a hope, a picture of who we really are and can be that truly is more than we give ourselves credit for being.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The last quote returns to the Gaffigans with additional insight and comedy. Parenting is a sacrifice. It's exhausting. It's expensive. At times it feels thankless, but eventually you die.
1: (laughs) That's a little bit morbid, but really, parenting is exhausting and thankless, but there is an end, even if it means dropping dead at the end of a lifetime (laughs) of work. And so, and I would say that, you know, they say that, you know, it is sometimes thankless, but I would, I would say that it almost always feels thankless as parents look for any degree of gratitude from their children. I think that it goes along with the scripture that in nothing do men and women offend God, except when we don't acknowledge his hand in all things. Even God, as, as any parent, simply wants some acknowledgement for all the work that heavenly parents do as well. So mm-hmm. um, how, do you, how did you feel growing up about the balance between what you saw adults like your parents doing for you and your peers and the gratitude shown like anything that helped you develop an attitude of gratitude
0: yeah so I had a story that I remembered I remember someone drove me home from soccer practice and you asked me if I said thank you for the ride Mm -hmm. and I couldn't remember and I think I said that I think I said I don't know I can't remember and you said something to the to the like, something like, always say thank you for rides, like, make make sure that people know that you're grateful for the work that they're doing for you, and for this, like, nice act that they're doing, so I remember, I don't think I ever miss saying thank you for the ride, you know, like, for every carpool ever after, and because it was, I don't know, I just think that that was probably the first time I remember having this impression that people are sacrificing their time and doing something kind for me, and it's, a very small but meaningful act for me to just say thank you for the thing that you did for me. So I think that was my first, I guess, but planted the seed of gratitude. And I guess since then, my aunt Cher taught, like kind of taught me and my cousins about gratitude journals when we were probably young women age, kind of like 12 to 16 on the younger, younger end though. And just the habit of writing, you know, three things you're grateful for every single day is something that I've done since I was super young. And I, I totally believe that gratitude is (laughs) life-changing. And Mm -hmm. so I think that the earlier you can develop that and the earlier you can see that people are going out of their way to do things for you. And it's like, It's great to do it internally and, like, jot some things down, but it's even more powerful to express that to the person that's doing work for you. And I think parents, it's just the amount of things that they're doing for you, (laughs) like feeding you and clothing you and paying for activities and things and attending all of your sporting events and just waking you up in the morning. I don't know. I think that um, you don't realize all of that until you grow up and you move out of the house. And so I think we're always kind of like indebted. And I think that, um, yeah, this is long-winded, but I just, I just think that developing that habit of expressing gratitude early on um, will hopefully make parenting feel a little bit less thankless. <laughs> sure.
1: I think three comments on that. The first thing is, yes, parents definitely – Hang on every word, hoping for a single word of gratefulness from their kids for all the things that they do for them, because they do so much and sacrifice so much. And so, I think the second thing is that your comment about that that gratitude journal I think helps us to appreciate how much we've been given and find all those silver linings, and helps develop our resilience and grit because it helps us say, "Okay, my life is good," and mm-hmm. um, and and being able to notice. And, and, and spot those episodes of, of gratitude in your life are super helpful. Um, I think the third thing is, is that I really try and acknowledge in my office when a, a child will say thank you for a sucker without being prompted, I'll try and at least point that out to a parent to say, hey, that's a win. Your kids are learning to be grateful. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just I, I look for those and they're meaningful when a small child will say thank you without being asked for the suckers that I pass out at every single visit and um, it's it's really neat to see it happen, especially in really young kids that just they're grateful for things like a sucker. So right. that's super yeah. fun. Yeah, so super cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I think just to close up on the on the comments um, and the, the last one from the Gaffigans is that I think that when you are in the thick of parenting, and, and we mentioned it last time, but you think you will never rest again. But as Thomas Monson says, someday the fingerprints on the walls will go away. And they will be sadly missed. And I think finding joy in parenting every day, even if only in the small silver lining, similar to your gratitude journal, is is something that will go a long way toward feeling successful as a parent. That uh, you find little successes from time to time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that jotting down funny things that kids say as the oldest sibling, I remember thinking, oh, that's hilarious that, you know, Will said that or Brock said that. And then I'm like, "Oh, remember that forever. And then two hours later, I already can't remember the really witty comment they made at age three. And so I think whether it's jotting down a little quote that one of your kids said or just a little gratitude about something of the day helps you kind of spot the silver linings. And um yeah, really develop that perspective of looking for the good when so, it can be hard.
1: So yeah. And we don't want we don't want to add more things to do, but but keeping true, a little true. journal, but keeping true. a little journal is a really neat way to be able to remember the 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 really fun things about your life as a parent.
0: <laughs> yeah. Things to hold on to when the when the fingerprints are gone. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, so what do we have planned for the episode today, Dad?
1: Well, actually, I think our episode will be fairly short. This 9 to 10-year-old age group is an interesting gap age where we've done vaccines for elementary school and still aren't due yet for junior high vaccines, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like items such as vaccines make visits seem more worthwhile or warranted that parents will more consistently keep those visits?
1: I think that happens where people say, well, we aren't doing anything at this visit, and so they don't come in. Mm -hmm. But I firmly believe that prevention is much less expensive than fixing problems, and this visit is a great example of that. This is a visit that isn't too busy, that we cannot cover any items that are important to a parent, and that we may have an opportunity to prevent problems later on.
0: So being consistently present on a regular basis provides the opportunity to stay ahead of problems before they become big, right?
1: Yes. I think the content of this visit ends up being very parent directed because when they do follow through on this visit, it is mostly for the kind of organized and diligent parent who wants to stay current under their child's growth and development, or we are working on chronic health problems like asthma or mental health prescribing. So I, I won't spend a lot of time discussing the range of conditions that we help with at this age, because it is based on whatever challenges may have arisen in the child's life to this point, from a chronic cough, the sports, to facial tics, to behavior and academic concerns. So we will cover each of these topics with problem-based podcasts still to come while you are working in Palo Alto this summer. So so let's do a quick rundown of tactical independence training and a few development items, and then look forward to the nine to 10-year-old visit to be an open invitation to whatever is important to the mothers and fathers of my patients.
0: All right. So for nine year olds, we're working to train the children to be independent, mopping floors, cleaning pictures, baking cakes and cookies, reading scriptures daily. So, in whatever your faith tradition, there is value including the word of God in everyday life. And that cannot be overstated in developing strong character. And for those who do not have a faith tradition, we recommend prioritizing reading books that have lasted a long time. In other words, reading the classics and the ancients.
1: That's a, a good quote from Greg McKeelan. And so I think it's good advice for good return on investment for what you read with your kids. So that's awesome. Some other items for nine-year-olds are emergency preparation, learning some first aid, and how to fill the car with gas. Of course, very closely monitored. Um, washing the car, and vacuuming the interior of car.
0: As far as helping hammer nails and sawing wood, also closely monitored, cooking <laughs> vegetables, writing letters. I think even some people my age don't know how to mail a letter, so that's always a fun thing to still know how to do. <laughs> um, understanding puberty and sex. It's early exposure to mature themes is Required and for fortifying children with appropriate knowledge and helping them feel comfortable coming to you with their questions, so that you are their source and a trusted, a trusted advisor. Um, using email, and I think emails are given to elementary school and junior high kids, so this yeah, is great. <laughs> yeah,
1: email addresses at school, yeah, and I think because in today's world they do have exposure to mature themes much earlier just they need to have some, some good knowledge early on. So. Absolutely. As we move to 10 year olds, um, doing their own laundry completely. And I will say this is when I began doing my laundry 100% for the rest of my life. When it's when my mother went to law school, I was the oldest child. And so when my youngest brother started elementary school, mom went back to law school, went to law school. And, um, so laundry became required at that point in time. So, um, Setting personal goals, musical instrument training, maintaining a little personal journal we talked about from, you know, what that can be a helpful thing going forward for everybody, and then starting an exercise program.
0: Fun. So first one listed here is renting videos, which is a little dated. And was this was jotted down when Blockbuster video was still a thing. And gratefully, I think red boxes are still sprinkled around. So you can still rent a video. <laughs> Aside from just streaming online. <laughs> um, helping clean stoves and ovens, uh, making several types of salads, and getting an understanding of basic nutrition. and
1: Then around the house, using a blower to help move leaves, plant plants, how to place a collect call, as uncommon as that may be, and how to use a payphone in case of emergencies, and then how to place a long-distance call if you have something besides your cell phone.
0: I truthfully don't know if I know how to do the last three of those things. Maybe we should should revisit that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Knowing the basic tenets of their religion and being able to explain them. um, Writing creatively. um, Basic science understanding. How to wrap presents and sew buttons.
1: Hmm. And then the items we have for our discussion that I do during the visit or for parents to discuss afterward with patients under health, just reviewing adequate sleep, adequate physical activity, their personal hygiene. Even today, as I talked about uh, using the time before bed to include showers, I had a mom saying, you hear the doctor told you you have to shower every night. So, <laughs> it's important for moms. And so, um, uh, discussions about drugs, alcohol, and tobacco, and the internet safety. And it's because some so often the first exposure to pornography comes at, at as young as this age. And so um, so, going back to Emily's comments earlier about education for kids is really important to help them be able to know they can come to you as a trusted source. Um, and then lastly, healthy food choices.
0: Awesome. As far as safety goes, we again reiterate wearing a helmet for all activities with wheels and also snow sports, I'll add.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I really cannot emphasize enough how important it is that kids never leave the driveway on a scooter or a bike thinking that they will just be in the cul-de-sac riding their bike because most injuries happen close to home. And I know that makes sense because most of your riding happens close to home, but I think people feel like if they're not going big on their, their bike or they're not going a long way away, it's no big deal. But but really most of the, the injuries happen just right close to home. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. For our social topics, developing talents and exposure to varied activities. And luckily some of that can happen at school too with music and recess and things like that, Um, reasonable expectations for contribution to family um, as far as chores and when you're meeting together, whether it's to eat or to study together and enjoy time together, and then health education in schools.
1: Yeah, um, and even today I have talked a lot about different um, needs to give kids different exposure to swimming and to hiking so that each mm-hmm. kid can find their, their kind of their fuego, find their passion. So, sure. and then on the, the, the family expectations, I, just recently I have been thinking about one of our kids who I feel is drifting a bit towards entitlement and that things are owed to him. And I want to have a discussion with him about what he views our, our roles are as parents so what responsibility we have to him and what he views as his role as a child and what responsibility he has to us and i think that that's important to establish this foundation really early so each individual understands their roles and what is expected of one another so that mm-hmm. it's not kind of have this gray area as you know my parents should give me all these things or you know um you know the you know, what what part do I have to give back to the family and so yeah. that's we need to have that discussion review that with him a little bit you know? yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I think we all kind of go through phases too right where you're kind of turning more into I'm independent you know like yeah. I can I can make it out and I was reading this little book <laughs> about like legal philosophy and there's this comment about this. So it's the author's son. And he was saying, that he's like, I declare independence. And he's like, <laughs> well, where are you going to live? And he's like, our home. He's like, no, you no longer have a home. Like you just declared independence. <laughs> so I, think, I don't know. It just kind of made me laugh about, he's like, he didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah. Understanding kind of the role of that he played as child. um, And uh, I don't know, I guess kind of like, recognizing the things that again back to our first point about gratitude all of the things that his his parents do for him and what he would miss without that and um anyway it's kind of fun (laughs) no
1: it's important to use our words I think one of the things that we do too much is we rely upon the the unspoken communication thinking that people will just naturally understand what we're feeling. And if they don't understand what we're feeling, that they don't care about us enough. Mm -hmm. And so that all that we can use is what we've said to one another, you know, as being clear about what we, how we care about them, what we expect of them. And so everything has to be said. You can't have anything be unstated and unspoken communication because that's where a lot of frustrations I think happen in relationships is that people just assume that people will just know because they care and if they don't they don't love them and that's that's a big big i think detriment towards healthy relationships so we have to talk so
0: yeah yeah totally totally yeah yeah well this has been awesome we encourage that you follow up every one to two years for normal growth and development and we'll be talking about 11 to 12 year olds next time so this will be great thanks dad
1: Thanks, Emily. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to getting together again next time. Kid Doc is available wherever you find your other favorite podcast. If you enjoyed what we shared with you today, be sure to like us and subscribe to help other listeners like you find us. On our website, we will add supporting materials and other helpful items from this and other podcasts. The opinions expressed in this podcast, while carefully considered, are ultimately the opinions of the presenters and not necessarily of our employers or of any other organizations with which we are affiliated. And remember, the content of this podcast shouldn't be seen as a substitute for seeking actual personal medical care. If this is an emergency, hang up and dial 911. Otherwise, schedule a visit with a caring doctor to help with your concerns.